welcome back to Yinzer Thoughts with Ernie Kersey. Today, he gives his thoughts on John Fetterman's fitness for duty. Okay, I mean, this one gotta take the cake. We got a guy who was just discharged from the hospital after a mental breakdown. And when he gets out, what's he immediately start doing? Drinking and doing drugs. Plus, it's in the middle of the afternoon. And, and ain't he on antidepressants or something? What's that Dr. Chen say about this one? Does that sound safe? You know, this guy is absolutely amazing. First, he doesn't show up to work for months. And when he finally does, he's drinking and doing drugs. It's almost like this guy's trying to get fired from his job. This has been Yinzer Thoughts with Ernie Kersey. Yo, yo, yo. What's up? What's happening, everybody? Welcome back to Thinking Logically, episode 51. We were off last week, and the good doctor, Dr. Corsi, I know you put out a, uh, a quickie on your thoughts on Tucker Carlson getting whacked by uh, Rupert Murdoch. And uh, well, so we, he got... technically didn't get, we don't know. We don't know if he got whacked or if they're just putting him on ice so he doesn't get his word out because you saw all these stories are coming out about him and he basically can't say shit. So, but go on. Yeah. You haven't really heard much except that Twitter video that had how many million views, Joe? Like, was it up to like over 10 million? Yeah. It, it, more than Brian Kilmeade did at 8 p.m. So let's just say that. <laughs> I watched that last Monday night just to see how Brian Kilmeade would do and just to see what he would say. And I think I had the channel switched into like under five minutes. I was like, I can't do this. So I I honestly have not watched Fox News since. And that seems to be what you're hearing now with Fox News ratings just cratering. After losing Tucker. And I heard something else this morning, Joe, that was blew my mind. This was back, I think it was like around Bill O'Reilly's peak. He was getting 6 million viewers an episode. But to put that, put that in perspective, Joe, Tucker was averaging about 3 million. That's unbelievable. And that shows you how far, that's not to say Tucker is not as popular as Bill O'Reilly, by any means. But that goes to show you the trends in cable news and legacy media we cord cutting you know streaming things like that people aren't getting their news from places like cnn like you uh msnbc fox news places like that so where are they turning uh twitter you know people they follow on twitter podcast things like that uh any any thoughts on that joe just wanted to touch upon that since we weren't together last week for Tucker's. No, that's good news. That's good news for us in this podcast. I mean. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, there have been well, times, there have been times though, where and our listeners don't know this, where what have I told you? Can we please, can you please edit this episode and get it out before Tucker comes on? Because there have been times where we've said stuff the, on the same day as what Tucker covers. It's scary. And now he's off. He's off. The, it's it's 
I would say I was, out of ba- the 50- I was getting banned on Twitter for doing stuff like that, for saying stuff like this. And now Tucker is Gonzo from Fox. I News. would say out of the 50 episodes we've done, Joe, and this is 51, I bet you it's been more than, I'll say close to or more than 10 times where we've said, dude, did you watch Tucker tonight? Did you, and I, or I've sent you Dan Bongino. And I said, dude, Dan Bongino is talking about the same stuff we just talked about. So we are honestly covering, if we're not ahead of it, we're right there with guys like Bongino and Tucker. Bongino, by the way, also out of Fox News. Uh, they claim to be, quote, unquote, parted ways. Uh, so he's another one out at Fox. And now they're, they're saying Tucker, you know, maybe go, will go into the podcast world. You know, there are, I mean, let's face it, Joe, and we thank our listeners. And, we, and, and the reason why we thank our listeners is because, there are lots of options out there for people to listen to when it comes to podcasts. And we thank you for, for spending an hour of your day with us. Or if you're, if you're like me and you listen at 1.5 speed, you know, it's a little bit less than that. But um, How hard am I to understand at 1.5 speed? My Lord. Not that hard. I mean, like Jack Vesobic said, commit to 1.5. Because there are multiple podcasts out there, you know, like, like we talked about in that group chat last night. We talked about uh, Anthony Blinken. You know, it's guys like Jack Posobiec, War Room, um, you know, different podcasts that are really actually covering this stuff that you don't really hear about. And us, you know, I mentioned us in that, in that same same breath as well. So um, we're going to get into – we have lots of topics today. This is a loaded episode. I hope we can get it all in. Uh, I'll, uh, in I'll, a- I'll lead you in perfectly. I'll set you up like a volleyball, sir, right here down Roberts Roadside. What do you – what do you think John Fetterman has his podcast sound speed on? You think he does a half? <laughs> it ain't 1.5. I was going to say it's, it's slower than one. It's got to be, it might be half. I like that. We'll go with half. But speaking of someone with physical ailments, I, I don't know if it's just getting older, Joe, or what, but I, I literally cannot move my head in one direction or another today. I don't know if it's I, I pulled something working out last night or slept funny, but getting old's hell. Yeah, it is. Yes, it is. I had the massage gun on it. I've had the heat pad on it. I can't tilt it up. Can't tilt it to the side. You got to decompress. You got to decompress and then go to the chiropractor. And if you wind up like me, you end up getting a surgery to fix it. So I miss I miss the days when you were wearing the neck brace. They, they, they might be coming back here sooner or later. We'll see. That, that's that's a that's an emerging topic we'll focus on in the coming weeks. All right, let's dive into John Fetterman. Uh, you brought this to my attention, and we're going to bring it to our listeners' attention if if they don't know about it already. But this dude and and Doctor Chen's attention too. <laughs> uh, you mean his doctor in Pittsburgh that you were um, anyone any doctor call- that has seen him anyone that's that seen were, him that you were that you were calling. Asking yes. for his medical records or something like that. What were you calling and asking about? I just needed to know more information of just his thought process to clear him. Yes. To yes. Me- medically clear him and said he is fit and healthy. Yes, exactly. Let's, we saw, is, we saw this, him. Oh, yeah, it's just, this is just all so bad because. <sighs> well, well, we heard from our guest. Recurring guest Ernie Kersing are called open with his thoughts on John Fetterman. What are your thoughts on John Fetterman? Good doctor. Let's delve into it. So this is from Congressman Chris Deluzio, which if you if you haven't been listening to us come the election time, 
Mark, that's our congressman. I think it's yours too, isn't it? I'm pretty sure it's yours too. Yep. So Figure here's 17. a Twitter video from uh, Congressman uh, Deluzio strutting down the halls of the Senate. Strutting down the halls of the Senate of the case of Iron City. And who's he run into? John Fetterman. And they're chugging beers together right outside his office. Taking selfies. It's cool. Oh, they got, they got a thing that says Ginzer. Wow, he's chugging beers in front of his office door. Seems really cool, right? There's just a few problems. Number one, why is a senator that was just released from the hospital for severe depression drinking alcohol? Isn't, isn't drinking alcohol and antidepressants dangerous? Mark, I'll give you the answer. This is from, the, this, this is from my handheld science machine when I typed it into Google. Generally... Drinking alcohol while taking antidepressants is not advised. Alcohol can make depression worse and also increase the severity of antidepressants side effects. It gen- it's generally recommended that people on antidepressants abstain from alcohol, especially if they will be driving or operating heavy machinery or voting. Okay, the last thing I made up, but, but still. So can we pull up a study of the consequences of mixing alcohol with antidepressants? I, I mean, I'm serious. The dude just got out of the hospital for severe depression. And what's he do? Immediately starts drinking alcohol and smoking weed. And then posing for pictures, doing it. Mark, in the middle of the afternoon. I mean, luckily it's just one beer, I guess, I hope. And he's the size of Andre the freaking giant. But is he on antidepressants or not? We just... Or did he have another stroke in February and this is all like cover for it? What's, what's going to happen is eventually this dude is going to lash out and, and honestly maybe even attack someone or hold a staffer hostage. Maybe even kidnap a, a female reporter and crawl up the Washington Monument. I don't know. Mark, what are your thoughts on everything from, from the, the whole situation to who thought it was a good idea to post it on social media? Like no, no, one, put, no one put the two and two together. You have to laugh. I, I honestly, it's it's the funniest thing ever, but it's sad. On, I, and I'm being serious. You're the only person that I've heard that he, that has even brought this up. And I'm not saying that in a bad. Are you kidding me? Are you I, kidding I me? Heard, I have not heard. I have not heard anyone else bringing this up. It is. It's definitely a concern. And and I know you'll go back to the shoestrings as well. You've been talking about why is he still wearing shoes with shoestrings? But. As far as the alcohol goes, Joe, I mean, he's got to have low tolerance. I mean, he probably, or yeah, he's got to have low tolerance. I mean, he's, uh, you know, he's large, probably hasn't drank a lot in a a long time, but uh, I don't know. I mean, this is our Senator. This is what, this is what people voted for. (laughs) I'm going to read you because he, he poses a 420 on, on 420. And you know he probably smokes weed. He was all for legalizing weed, which is fine. I'm pro. I don't have anything against people that smoke weed. In fact, but this is for people that smoke weed and use antidepressants. In fact, using marijuana with other drugs such as antidepressants can be dangerous and even and even catastrophic. Antidepressants and marijuana can cause heart palpitations. I'm sure his heart is in wonderful shape, especially after all the vaccines he's had. Panic attacks and even hallucinations when used together. 
And they thought it was a good idea to just this dude around. <laughs> Andre the Giant. Uh, and he always looks like he's homeless. He's always in a hoodie and shorts, always. and they're not even new. When, when, when people think of John Fetterman, our listeners, I want people to think and imagine him lightly tapping that gavel as he, with that cheesy grin on his face while he uh, commences his first Senate hearing. Tap, tap, tap. Uh, oh, man, Joe, what are we doing? What are we doing here, Joe? How did, how did, how did we get to John Fetterman? I don't know. That gavel thing was hilarious. That'll Very never funny. get old. That'll never get old. So five so, more years like, of this, Joe. Like Robert Kennedy screaming for his life. <laughs> we'll get into him later, but um, let's. Are we going to move we've, from Fetterman already? Have we already hit home enough that he's on antidepressants and is drinking at work? Is that like? Did we hit it home hard enough to, that like? What else should we say? I got nothing. I got nothing else on John Fetterman. I mean, it, it, it honestly, I wake up every day and I, and we talk about, we start talking about politics and things like that, Joe. And it's, honestly, it's just, it, it, it's hard for me to believe that he's our friend that just got out for, of the, of the loony bin for depression. Would we just all of a sudden all go over his place and just start handing him beer and marijuana? I mean, we we could, but we would. Be, I mean, you'd be looked at as enablers. Why does Chris Deluzo not have to be like, "Hey, I I'm really sorry I did that." What's going on? I don't know. Chris Deluzio. Uh, All right, no. uh, let's move on to Joe Biden. Now you have some things when it was take your child to work day last week, I think, and you have some yeah. things related to that. Yes. Yeah, so immediately. As soon as the kids gathered around him, immediately Biden tried to drag a small child into the White House. Here's the video of that. Yes, baby. Oh. What's it like in the White House? Well, what's it like in the White House? Well, here, come here. You hang with me for a minute. She's pulling away. And I'm, you don't want to go in the White House? Okay, all right. Okay. I mean, can you? Can you blame the poor child? Next, next, we have all the children gathering around Biden and I think sitting Indian style and he's telling them about his secret service agency. Peace and help people going. I'm going to take two, I'm getting myself in trouble here because your parents are saying, when's he going to stop? And my secret service agents, they're packing, so I got to be careful what they tell I'm, What does that mean? <laughs> what does they're that packing. mean? Uh, but it got it got worse. It got actually sad. So, um, as you know, Hunter Biden, we'll get into this later, was in court for not paying child support. So on his daughter, Navy Biden. And uh, that child is obviously Joe Biden's granddaughter. So after Biden said that he had six grandchildren and listed their names, but he left out his seventh one that Hunter Biden, who's in court for right now, is refusing to pay child support for. And my, my oldest granddaughter is named after one of my daughters who I, who I lost in an accident a long time ago. And her name is Naomi. And then I have number two. I have a, a daughter who works in the environmental movement. And her name is Finnegan. 
and named after my mom. And number three, my granddaughter, I call her my all-American girl. She was a great little athlete, and she's about to graduate from college in about two weeks. And, and her name her name is, she's, the nickname we call her is Macy. And then I have two other, a granddaughter who I just spoke to, did get to speak to, and her name is Natalie, and she is a senior in high school, about to graduate and go off to college where her daddy went to school. And then I have a grandson who's going to be a senior in high school. And then now I have a new, a new baby boy. He's three and a half years old, and he named him after his brother, my deceased son, and he's Bo Biden. So guess what? They're crazy about me because I pay some attention to them. Except for one. And if you're still listening and not beating your head off a table after having to hear that, welcome back. Okay. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm honestly shocked that he remembered all of his grandkids' names and all of the details I, about them. And we'll get into the White House correspondence dinner later. That's why I feel like he might be faking this dimension to an extent. But we'll, we'll get into that later. Um, but then he does stuff like this, Mark, immediately right after, which makes your question, because this is about two seconds later, the children are around him, and he's trying to remember the last country he visited. He couldn't remember that it was Ireland two weeks ago. The last country I've traveled, I'm thinking what's the last one I was in. I, I, I've been to 89, met with 89 heads of state so far. So, uh, like the children care about that. Where was the last place I was? It's hard to keep track. Um, I was, I I mean, that's where it was on your family vacation that you already forgot about. But that's just one example. So, that was it. That was all we have for the take your child to work day. But this happened the day before take your child to work day. Biden got caught using a cheat sheet showing a journalist questions her question for him saying that she was question number one and had a picture and it had a pronunciation of her name and everything. Courtney Sobramanian or something. I can't remember what her name was. But did you see this, Mark? I did. So this is what you think, like, okay, the dude's brain's gone. He looks sharp for a minute, and then I don't know if just he's faking it or the Adderall wears off. But this is this was bad. That means that the whole thing's just scripted. I mean, the, the, the media, the, they're operating basically as the White House. Am I wrong? No. I mean, uh, this, this was we've – seen, we've seen something like this before, though, with him, Joe. Have we not – maybe it was like, uh, you know, pictures of reporters and who to call on and, like, what outlet they were from. But I don't know if we've seen him with actual questions from the media so how's that happen joe how's how does that work do do they ask reporters to submit questions that are going to be no called? i think they go around they I think they go around the staff or might go around before it and fish for like what the person might be asking which is fine you know you might you might want to tell the person what you're asking because it might be a good question that, that that'll get you at that'll you know get you called on however for the exact question, basically, almost almost verbatim, it wasn't verbatim, but to, for that to be written on the card along with her name and how to pronounce it and it being question one is alarming for a country who has 
a major border issue, uh, emerging energy crisis, and could be at war, very soon. And I don't know. I, I don't know I mean, how many times have we said something like this. This is it's it's attention. No one really cares. This is you wouldn't get away with this with stuff like this in your job. This is the president. I always say, put the shoe in the other foot, Joe. What if this was Trump? What if Trump had questions from a reporter in his hand? With their name, <laughs> you'd never hear the he, end of it. You would never. It would be you would question his mental incompetence, um, this and that. But this goes back to what we've been saying, Joe. How does this administration have the entire media in their back pocket? How did this happen? What did they do? Who did they talk to? Who did they blackmail for them to have the media? run cover for them almost all day, every day, over and over again. It blows my mind that we have a media that it's like this. And luckily well, we have, you know, go ahead. No, I mean, they're all owned by the same company. I mean, it's, it's only shocking that it's like, it's so obvious that everyone's seeing it now. You know what I mean? Like the, the same three, two or three companies own all the media. So you're only, yeah. and now Fox news, when they, when they get rid of Tucker, they are moving to like the left. They're, they're going to be like the fake center, right? Like rhinos. They're going to be rhino central Fox news. And I've been saying this for months. It, they're just part of the establishment too. That's why you got to go to individual media where there's, where there's, there's no agenda. There's just, they, they, they just, you know, they want to get the views. They want to get the likes. They want to get the news out. That, that's what they want to do. There, there's no agenda attached. There's an agenda attached. Do you think Brian Kilme got on the APM slot because he's a great journalist or because he follows marching orders? Yeah. Why uh, not put Jesse Waters there? Well, I think that's temporary. I mean, let's. It let's is, but uh, he, Brian Kilme is, believe me, he's, he's chewed up number one unless they bring someone out yeah. from the outside. Let's. Speaking of Tucker, um, I don't know if you, if you saw this, Joe, but. I think this was from Breitbart. Yep. Uh, report. This is from yesterday. Rupert and Lachlan Murdoch, for those succession viewers out there, uh, L- Logan and Kendall Roy, spoke with Zelensky weeks before Tucker Carlson was fired. That's insane. Uh, I did not hear. Wow. Yep. And this was the report. Uh, they had a call on March 15th which Zelensky had disclosed during a national broadcast. And that we all know Tucker Carlson was the network's most outspoken critic of the billions of U.S. taxpayer dollars that have gone to support Ukraine. And Carlson called Zelensky a dictator. We know that. And the Washington Post reported that the elder Murdoch was disturbed by Carlson's stance on Ukraine. A graphic on Carlson's show referred to Zelensky as a Ukrainian pimp, the paper said. It's so great. And the New York Post and Wall Street Journal editorial pages, Murdoch family mouthpieces, have regularly criticized Republicans who oppose the war. The Wall Street Journal's editorial board called DeSantis' characterization of the war his first mistake. So, what do you think, Joe? Kind of describes what you've been saying. Exactly. 
Exactly. He's one of the only voices. That speak, he's probably the only voice in mainstream media from the jump to speak out about the war in Ukraine. He had the January 6th tapes. I told you, all their narratives are crumbling at once, and they can't have someone like Tucker, who has a giant following, spreading truth. Even if he's only giving you half truth, that's too much at this point. Right. But I, I, I want to hammer it home. I don't know if he's been fired or if he's just getting paid and can't like go on TV because of no compete. Because his audience will follow him anywhere. Whoever's whoever's watching yeah. him every night, they're going to go wherever he goes. It's not Fox's audience. So, well, let's not forget about the bio labs as well. In addition to this criticism of the war, you know, um... and we'll we'll get into this at the end of the episode because there's another bio lab situation going on in Sudan, which we'll get into. Okay. Yeah, I heard about that. All right. Um, what else are we going on to? We have more from the White House Correspondence Center. Oh, yeah. You know, this is where you make jokes and everyone, all the people in the press clap like seals. So this is Joe Biden at the White House Correspondence Center, and he's summing up the first uh, two years of his presidency right here. In a lot of ways, this center sums up my first two years in office. I'll talk for 10 minutes, take zero questions, and cheerfully walk away. And they sit there, they laugh, and they clap. Good for them. Good for them. We'll play another clip from the White House Correspondents' Dinner. Um, This is about a minute long, I believe. And this is President Biden going after Fox and a few other uh, outlets. Last year, your favorite Fox News reporters were able to attend because they were fully vaccinated and boosted. This year, with that $787 million settlement, they're here because they couldn't say no to a free meal. And how I call Fox honest, fair, and truthful. And I could be sued for defamation. The same ancient. The same wise. The same over the hill. Don Lemon would say that's a man who's prime. I know a lot's changed in the press. I've had a lot of conversations with a lot of you. This is not your father's press from 20 years ago. No, I'm serious. You all know it better than I do. But still, it is absolutely consequential and essential. After all, I believe in the First Amendment. Huh. Not just because my good friend Jimmy Madison wrote it. But, okay, let, let me just handle this for all. He believes in the First Amendment. Really? Then why, a minute before this, was he bragging about getting Tucker Carlson taken off the air? Remember, Chuck Schumer and AOC also called for that. Here's Biden. We really have a record to be proud of. Vaccinated the nation... Transform the economy, urge historic legislative victories and midterm results, but the job isn't finished. I mean, it is finished for Tucker Carlson. What are you moaning about? Like, you think that's not reasonable? Give me a break. Give me a break. I'm for the first amendment. Are they this tone deaf? Like they silenced. They're going to get caught up in this. Again, I said this in the special. Chuck Schumer called for Tucker to be taken off the air. Two specifically, Robert Murdoch. 
And that's, that's what happened. Just like he called for Judge Kavanaugh to, to go back on abortion and threatened him, basically, he, there, there'd be a whirlwind, he said. And then a few days later, weeks later, we have someone showing up at his doorstep with a knife. This is, this is not to quote the left, but this is dangerous to our democracy. Mark? It's, it's, it's very dangerous. It, it seems like, Joe, uh, that I, we talk about these things, we hear these things. And it's like, how do we get out of this mess? It's not no longer the, how did we get here. It's how do we get out of it at this point? You know, how do we flip the tables? I don't know. I don't know if we do anytime soon. Because it seems like as long as the mainstream media is controlled by, like you said, a couple corporations or wealthy, you know, people. But we need to keep fighting back. You know, in terms of supporting businesses that are not woke and doing things like boycotting Bud Light, you know, the go woke, go broke uh, slogan. I think that's how we really dig ourselves out of this. And the, the less people that watch, you know, legacy media, mainstream media, and the more people that are on Twitter and getting their news from independent journalists in media sources. You know, that's the only, that's the only way we dig ourselves out of this hole at this point. Look, look how far we have to dig. Look how far we're going to have to dig. Cause I'm going to play you a clip of Tucker that was on a podcast, I believe on the 29th of April. Um, I don't know whose podcast it was, but he's talking about nine 11 and what happened to building seven. For those of you who are, too young to remember or, or don't know building seven is the third building that fell um during 9-11 and this is him commenting on it the thing i'll say is like it they're not offended by craziness they're not offended by conspiracy if, if you go on tv tonight and say i think the earth is flat people just laugh at you they don't care if you think the earth is flat it's not a threat to anyone but if you say like what, what actually happened with building seven like that is weird right it doesn't like what right. is that Right. If you were to say something like that on television, they'd flip out. They would flip out. So you'd like lose your job over that. Why? Why? It's my country. Right. It's an attack on my country. Can I ask it? Like, I don't really understand. Do buildings actually clap? No, they, maybe they do. I don't know. But like, why can't I ask questions about that? Anything you're not allowed to ask questions about is something you should be asking more questions about. <laughs> He's right. Two planes He's right. caused. Three steel buildings to fall, Mark, and then we use that as an excuse to go to war for two decades and invade other countries, kind of like Russia's doing to Ukraine. You see why we have no room to talk and get bent out of shape, and we can't, and we're, we're not even allowed to question it. Can't question it. Can't ask questions. Do you remember uh, when Tucker actually questioned the election? Do you, and, and the Hunter Biden laptop. This is from, I pulled this article up. This is from late October of 2020. Do you remember this happening? Because he, he mentioned it on the show then. Tucker Carlson reveals new trove of documents implicating Joe Biden and shady deals that has gone missing from the courier company. Recordings that revealed Hunter's two business partners were concerned their secrets would blow up big time. And the tapes went missing in the mail. Do you remember that story? Yes. Whatever happened yeah. with that? 
I mean, any he's right. This is this is craziness we're living in, where he gets taken off the air as soon as he gets them January six tapes, and that narrative falls apart. Yeah, the dude get released from jail because of Tucker, basically. Right. He did a better Jacob job Chansley. than their lawyers. He did a better job than their lawyers. Gone off the air. Well, before we talk about paid. before we talk about those tapes, real quick, that video he posted on Twitter, twenty three point six million views. Twenty three point six million. Let that sink in. It's not so, going to work. Joe, this isn't going to work. This plan, this plan that Fox News has or these the big media, it's not going to work. It might work for a few more weeks or months here. It's going to fall very, very flat because we have some major issues coming up from, and we'll get into some of these later, from the debt ceiling to Ukraine and China and Taiwan. So, here's the thing, Joe. I don't think they care. They must not. To fire Tucker Carlson. To watch their ratings plummet, you know, say they, they just paid out $787 million in that lawsuit to Dominion Voting Systems, which we had one listener qu- ask me why didn't we cover that. Um, but that's not really that much at all for Fox News or whatever the parent company is to Rupert Murdoch. So if it's, they make... it's amazing, just to touch on that viewer, that they settled that lawsuit and didn't let any of the evidence get presented. When there was a ton of evidence from Ruby Ford uh, in Atlanta, where the Atlanta Hawks play, taking video of giant ballots being pulled out from underneath tables after everyone was told to leave because a water pipe burst that didn't end up bursting from buildings or windows being boarded up in Michigan and what went on in Philadelphia. So I don't know why Fox settled and then fired Tucker Carlson a couple days later. But that's a little bit suspect to me. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, you could say that. You could say that. But I lost my train of thought talking about whatever, what I, what I was going to go to next on that. Oh, um, I'm sorry. But, no, that's all right. It was, uh, I don't know what it was about. But, I mean, going back to what he said, you're talking about asking questions with Dominion voting, Voting seven, you know, whatever. You know, it's just you're a conspiracy theorist. You're you're anti-American if you if you ask these some of these questions. Can't ask them. I've been saying it since 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 probably a year or two after it happened. What in the hell happened to Building Seven? I mean, that guy Larry Silver. Not to go off on a tangent on Building Seven, but Larry Silverstein was on record saying we decided to pull Building Seven. What the hell does that mean? You pulled Building Seven. Would you, you detonate it? Because it looked like it was. If you that watch a any other controlled demolition, that is a that is a term for a controlled. That is a term. That is a term. So why you did you pull Building Seven? One, number two. Why was it laced with the, uh, explosives if if it was? And why did you decide to pull it? Why did you decide to to do that? But can't ask questions. You can. You'll just be killed. Yeah. <laughs> or, or you're a conspiracy theorist, which you know most of those things are coming true now. So, uh, all right. Do you want to move on to something else? Yeah, yeah. You have some debt ceiling things here. Now, this debt ceiling thing, to me, this is just a dog and pony show, Joe. It's just like every year this thing comes up. It's the debt ceiling. Oh, we got a debt ceiling crisis. Okay, we talked about before on the show, we've had government shutdowns in the past when they couldn't reach an agreement on the debt ceiling when we defaulted on our loans or whatever you want to call it. And then they just say, 
okay, we'll raise the debt ceiling. And then they raise it and then continues on. And the same things keep happening over and over again. So the debt ceiling is really just what, Joe? It's um, not so much uh, printing of money, but it's what? Uh, the credit or debt, something allowed by the government? Yeah, that we're allowed like to that. borrow. I think, it goes, I think it goes back to either World War One or World War Two. Because you couldn't just keep on borrowing and borrowing forever because Congress has the, the power of the purse. So there, there had to be something instilled there um, where, where Congress would approve how much money was getting, I don't know, if, I don't know what the proper word is, spent. It's, it's not printed. It's just how much we're allowed to borrow. So if they raise it by a trillion dollars, then, then that's how much the next budget can go by. And then once you go out, you can't, it's like a credit card. It's exactly like a credit card. Picture you have a credit card with like a $15,000 limit and you're at like 14,990 and you got bills coming up. They need to maybe approve another couple hundred. That's it. I'm sorry. That, that's that's where we're at here. We need cuts. We need to make cuts too. But to explain it for our listeners, what's going on now, because McCarthy and Biden are going to meet now, but Biden is still saying that he's not going to negotiate on the debt ceiling, which a translation, he doesn't want any cuts so a deal was probably not going to get done. He just wants more endless spending. And I don't think Republicans can approve of anything like that without getting thrown out of office. Yeah. They don't want to make any well, cuts to the budget for one reason, though, Mark. That's how they launder our money. Well, you know what, Joe? This is something that neither party talks about or has proposed. But why not pass a bill that requires you to balance the budget every single year? You never hear that. Never hear people from either party talk about that, do you, Joe? Never hear saying nope. we need to balance the budget. We need to pass a bill that says we're not going to leave Capitol Hill until we balance the budget. And I mean, you could explain why. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I mean it goes back to money laundering and, and things like that, and in in spending on their pet projects and doing whatever they want. It's almost like it's like a mirage. Yeah. Yeah. So what's going to happen with the debt ceiling, Joe? Tell us what's going to happen. Uh, I think the Republicans have a deal in place to raise it by, I don't know how many, 1.5 trillion or something. I don't even know what it is, to be honest with you. But I think Biden's just not going to go with it. And it's a game of chicken. If you have a few Democrats come out, which, which one or two have, saying, like, Biden needs to at least talk with McCarthy or, or meet with them or approve this, then – Biden's going to have no choice, but this, this could go into a showdown and it's got to be done by the first week of June, I think, or else you're going to see either defaults or, or something. I don't think we have the, the capacity to carry on for much longer here. And what happens if they don't raise the debt ceiling? Uh, I think government employees start not getting their paychecks. I, I don't, I don't think it's pensions, but there's other things that you just won't get paid for your social security. I don't think will come in anymore. And I don't know if our, our credit as a country will get downgraded. I, I don't know. A lot of stuff. Yeah. I hate politics. Yeah. <laughs> I hate the debt ceiling. I hate this comes up every single year. And it's just the same thing around this time every single year. Like I said, it's like a credit card. Just why, why would you, what does what someone, when you're in debt, what does someone giving you an extra $5,000 credit line do? You're just getting further in debt. Yeah. And it's our kids. It's our kids that are going to have to pay for this. Do you nice. think we'll ever pay down the debt, the national debt? No. We, 
stick the Federal Reserve. There's no, at this point, not in our lifetime. Yeah. We have a debt, Joe, national debt. I just looked this up. 31, this is insane, 0.46 trillion dollars. That is our national debt. 31.46 trillion dollars. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot. It's honestly so much money that you can't comprehend it. Uh, debt held by the public, 24.6 trillion. Intra-governmental holdings, 6.8 trillion. Total public debt outstanding, 31.4 uh, trillion. That was as of a couple of days ago. So um, why not just print 31 trillion dollars and just pay it off? Mint the coin, Joe. Mint the coin. Mint the trillion dollar coin. I was asking somebody. I, I ran into this a couple of years ago. We were down in Cabo and at our at our hotel. Uh, uh, this guy, he was a lot. Says he was a lobbyist and kind of legit. Lived in Washington D.C. I said to him, "Why don't they come up with just like some sort of, I don't know, like a like a VAT tax, like a value added, like they have in Europe, or some sort of national sales tax of like one percent?" And all that does is go and pays down the debt, right? Simple enough. And he's like, you know, they can't do that because there are too many other pet projects that they have, these congressmen have, that they would rather use that on in their own districts that make them look a lot better than to say they're going to pay down the national debt with this, you know, whatever, 1% national sales tax. I mean, it kind of makes sense if you think about it. Um, it seems like a common sense solution uh, and not very painful uh, when you're talking a small percentage like that that could just go on and just and help pay this down. But it seems like there's no interest in doing that. And at what point does it just become a such a big issue that it didn't, you know, it's going to consume our economy and especially with interest rates the way they are. Um, you know, that's more interest you have to pay on, on the debt. So yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's, it, eventually it's just, I, does it even matter at this point? I mean, honestly, does it even matter what our debt is? I mean, what difference <laughs> is 31 trillion compo- com- compared to 13 trillion? I mean, we, do you know, we get enough money coming in with taxes. We, we have to make cuts. We could pay some of this off if we just make cuts. We just keep on doing this endless spending. Endless, endless spending. That's, that's, a th- that's, that's what I'm trying to say. Like, does it even matter? Does it even matter what our debt is? Does it matter if we're now $50 trillion in debt in two years from now? And Trump really wasn't any better at this. No. I mean, he spent like a no. drunken sailor when, in the White House. So it's not like Trump's, Trump's going to come in and, and, and rectify this. I mean, he spent like Biden spent, you know, um, it's just the things they spend it on. Right. Um, but you know, are, are our kids going to be one day having to pay, pay the consequences or just going to keep going up and up and up and you know, nothing ever really happens. It's like musical chairs. Some, some generation will end up having to pay it. Hopefully not us. Yeah. Okay. Um, Let's move on. All right, let's move on to 2024. We're going to get in the mood for 2024 here. We're going to give you a little bit of Robert um, Kennedy Jr. And he was on ABC, I believe, last Thursday or Friday. And, um, of course, 
he was flagged for misinformation and citing false claims on it. Um, and at the end, they said, during our conversation, Robert Kennedy made false claims about the COVID-19 vaccines. We've used our editorial judgment and not included extended portions of this exchange in our interview. I'll play you like 30 there seconds isn't of it. a correlation between uh, vaccines leading to autism that's totally been debunked. Wait a minute, who debunked it? We have not seen any kind of scientific connection from the CDC, the World Health Organization, but, the but National Academy of Sciences. those organizations are captive agencies, Lindsay. And so you think they're all in cahoots? Yeah, they're all captive. You've discussed the Kennedy family as like any family, there are disagreements. But I think what makes it different here is that several of your relatives have not just said that they disagree with you, but they've called you dangerous. And as you're probably well aware, there were two of your siblings and a niece who wrote in a political article back in 2019. He's helped to spread dangerous misinformation over social media and is complicit in sowing distrust of science behind vaccines. We stand behind him in his ongoing fight to protect our environment. However, on vaccines, he's wrong. Your sister Carrie has said, I love my brother Bobby, but I do not share or endorse his opinion. I mean, they just immediately went after him and for his family. I mean, families have disagreements. What, what are you going to do? And is he wrong about anything he's saying? Uh, I can't wait, Mark. I, I, I've been texting you privately about this for about a week now. Until the media goes after the way he talks, especially with the guy in the White House right now. And th this is going to get very interesting with this guy. He's going to get over 20%. He's going he's gonna to force a primary. They already don't want him to debate Biden, which is smart on their half. But the sleeper in all this wasn't the anti-vaxxers made up of leftists before like 2020, 2019. Are we about to see anti-vaxxers during a Democratic primary? That would be a that he's red pilling everyone on issues on the left yes. on, the, on the Democratic side. Yes. He accused him of rigging the primary for a Joe Biden victory already. This is big. This is my favorite topic right now in the news is RFK Jr. And you're right. They're, they are going to they're, – eventually they're going to start to attack the way he speaks. And you would think they would actually attack the way Biden speaks because he sounds actually a lot worse than Bobby Kennedy, uh, RFK Jr., whatever you want to call him. What was that? I was trying soft, to find an article I soft, sent you. But, uh, headlines, soft but dangerous. RFK's voice to the alt-right. Yeah. <laughs> that article I sent you, I forget what, 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 I think NBC News or something like that. They were talking about Biden not having any serious challengers in 2024. When Bobby Kennedy's polling at like 20%. And like 60 or 70% of Democrats don't even want Biden to run. I mean, the, <laughs> I can't believe that they're not going to allow, the DNC is not going to allow primary debates. If Bobby Kennedy could speak at least a little bit better, he would absolutely nuke Joe Biden in a debate on stage on live television. Marianne Williamson probably would as well. Uh, the children did episode? take your take your kid to work day. The children did at the White House. The, in the, the, the children lawn. did. Aaron, I told Aaron. you my dad texted my dad texted me last night. I'd sent it to you. Question: Do you know what's wrong with RFK Junior's voice? No, the media will tell you. Yeah, I said if he could speak better, he'd destroy Biden in the debate. Oh wait, the DNC isn't allowing debates for the primary. My dad said, oh, yeah, he promises to beat Biden. 
I said, LOL, he won't get the chance. It's going to be very interesting because this is going to, he's going to, he's going to get 20 to 25%. Joe, it hasn't even, he hasn't even really started campaigning yet. No. He's at 20, 25%. Where are we going to be in a year from now, you know, when the primary season's in full swing? And we were, we're going to get to see what we were robbed of last time. Joe Biden actually running for president and not hiding in a basement. Do you think he? Do you think he's actually going to run, Joe? Do you think his name's just going to show up on a ballot? I mean, honestly, he. he I, again, like I said last episode, I don't think he, I don't think he'll make it to twenty twenty four. I think he's going to be replaced once this stuff with Hunter comes. He's too much of a liability, but he no, he's not vigorous enough. He'll never make it. He'll never make it. But they're going to try, and they're probably going to try really hard because they can't have no matter who it is. It's not going to be RFK. Did you, did you see what Nikki Haley said? No. There's a, she said there's a good chance Joe Biden's going to die in the next five years. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, not like, that's not like picking the freaking Houston Texans to win the Super Bowl this year. <laughs> Joe Biden is, in, in a word, geriatric. Right? So here's my question to you, Joe. If you're a Republican strategist and you are – you are trying to find talking points you can attack Biden on, right? You know that you know a lot of senior citizens vote, but at what point do you start actually really attacking his age without offending senior citizens who might vote for, say, Donald Trump? I mean, what's, what's your thought on that? I, I just think it's going to be so obvious what you can attack him for. It's not that you're attacking his age; you're attacking his capability. Don't don't ignore the age. Just focus on his capabilities. The fact that he can't he can't do anything. Wait till we, we haven't seen anything. Like, this is like the Fetterman thing all over again. Just give it time, and then all of a sudden they're going to be on a debate stage. Which this is why they canceled the debates. And and. Fetterman was completely exposed as, as not having any brain at all in there, like the Scarecrow crow from The Wizard of Oz. That's what's going to happen. And people are going to be shocked, but, but yeah. they won't even believe it. They'll continue to just vote for him, maybe. I don't know. I, I don't know. A part of me wants... You, you can't explain what we've seen in the last couple of years. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. A part of me wants Biden to run again. Oh, yes. Because yes. I think... Because I think that it would lead to a lack of enthusiasm in terms of voting for the Dem- on behalf of the Democrats when you know the Republicans in Trump's base will turn out heavily for Trump. Will the Democrats do the same? I don't know. Will, will the motivation to vote against Trump again in 24 be that great to turn out Democrats like that? Or will they just be not motivated at all to show up to vote? Um, but then you have you throw in the variable of the mail-in voting. You know, well, you don't want to vote. I don't want to go to the polls. I'll just get a mail-in ballot. I'll send it back in. Mark Mark Biden's name down here. So a part of me wants Biden to run, but another part of me thinks Joe that the CIA and the deep state in the media aren't going to let Biden loose. I know you said he's a liability, and he might be. And we're going to see how this is going to unfold. You know, in the next couple of months, I'm sure. But Another part of me thinks that, you know, are they really going to let him loose? 
you know, in, in, you, if, you're, if you're saying I'm insinuating that the election could be rigged, yeah, you can insinuate that because I don't believe he got 81 million votes to begin with. But um, we talk about the primaries, Joe. Why did they move South Carolina to number one, Joe? Because that's Joe Biden's stronghold down there, thanks to his boy James Clyburn. Mm-hmm. So let's get off. The, let's get off the right foot with a win in the primary in South Carolina, and we'll get the ball rolling from there. You know, I really feel bad for for Bobby Kennedy and and Marion Williamson, who's you know not one of our choices by any means, but it's kind of a dynamic candidate. Uh, and they're not going to get to debate on stage. Are you kidding me? But hey, you know the Republicans are the ones that are a threat to democracy. Moving on. Speaking of threats to democracy, Mark. Yes, we will move on. Good, good segue to chat to Eric Swalwell, who, if you if you forgot this somehow, slept with a Chinese spy named Fang Fang. Well, I think he was being rude to a witness during some kind of testimony. I can't remember what it was about. And one of the House members on the GOP side had to, for lack of a better term, put him in his place. So listen to this one. Mr. Chairman, uh, Ms. Rodriguez, I apologize that you had to. You're here for a hearing on the border. They don't want to talk about a border. Uh, Mr. Swalwell is down there. Obviously, everybody knows he's made some comments. He's got a, a checkered past. He's alleged I'm sorry, relationships. Uh, checkered past. Uh, alleged, I it's my time. Sir, alleged affairs. Checkered past. With, no, 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 no. You don't get to say that shit. He, he had alleged relationships and with Yum Yum. I asked the gentleman's word to be taken down. You don't get to say that. We asked the word to be taken down. It's because he's slurring another member. I am here. He's making. I asked the word to be taken down. It's because he's slurring another member. Let us have some order and civility here, and we will take up the issues one by one. <laughs> I don't even want to focus yum, on yum. Fang Fang and Yum Yum, but the fact that we have a person, the sitting member of Congress, that slept with a Chinese spy, and the media threw a giant hissy fit when he wasn't allowed on committee committees, committee assignments is perplexing to me, to say the least. But let's, let's move on, and I'm going to have an interesting take on this one. Alec Baldwin. Alec freaking Baldwin. So that's done. He's they they dropped the case or whatever. Mark, did, did, did I understand? Dropped that? all charges against Alec Baldwin, Joe. Uh, the manslaughter. Okay. Yes. Now, none of it makes any sense, and I don't know if we've ever covered this, but I know when it first happened, I was texting like crazy, and my thing was, I said, "How in the hell do real bullets get on a movie set?" I mean, like never shot and killed never a live ammunition. Yes. But then it gets weirder. So I actually dug into this woman. And I, I, I know Alec Baldwin. I, I, I'm, a, I'm kind of like a fan of some of his movies. But guess where the woman is from? Helena Hutchins? Yes. Ukraine. No, she's from Russia. But what part of Russia? Murmansk. Okay. Which, if, if, if you're not, like, dropping your jaw yet, you shouldn't, because you shouldn't know where Romansk is. But I do, because I'm a fan of the movie The Hunt for the Red October, who Alec Baldwin is, him and Sean Connery, they're the leads. And this movie's about, like, a submarine, a nuclear power submarine that the Soviets tried to defect to the Americas, and uh, it's a long story. But regardless, 
where does the story take place? Murmansk. There's a submarine base there. <laughs> now, what are the odds? What are the odds that that? What happens? are you trying to say? I'm not trying to say anything. All I'm trying to say is she gets shot. She's she's killed. There's there's nothing there. But her husband, her husband, he also just so happens to work for a law firm that defended the Clintons. Now, maybe there's nothing there then, but these are some major, major coincidences. The fact that she alone was the one that got killed. Come on. Come on. That's just a weird, weird, weird coincidence. And then also... Aren't we sending nuclear submarines to Korea? Yeah, we deploy nuclear sub- submarines to Korea, Joe. Yeah, first time in like forty years. That's absolutely, absolutely amazing. So the movie about a submarine, it, 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 and it, it gets dropped at the same exact time. This news gets dropped literally at the same exact time. We're sending nuclear submarines to North Korea or to the Koreas. I don't know, man. It's a, it's a strange coincidence. I, I don't, you know, uh, I, I just don't believe that that was, <laughs> I know that sounds crazy to what happened here, but I honestly just think it was an accident. Real bullets I, on a movie set. Uh, they're supposed to real be gun. all these checks. A and, real gun. A all real these checks and things like that. Set. Yeah. Whenever all Hollywood is anti-gun. Yeah. And she's the only one that dies. She's the only one that gets shot and killed. The the lady that's from where the nuclear submarine base is in Russia, where the movie The Hunt for the Red October, where Alec Baldwin starred in, takes place. I don't know. I don't know. So you still let's there, move Joe? on. Let's move on to Trump's Trump's rape case. Or do, you, do you have anything you want to add in on that? Can you hear me, Joe? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, I wasn't sure if you were still there or not. I was, I, uh, I had to jump in my uh, my car here for. Um, go ahead, Joe. What do you got on Trump's rape case? I've been so now he. I just don't care anymore. So this is from I think it's E. Jean Carroll, and this is going to get thrown out because he didn't rape her. But listen to her. This is her on CNN like two or three years ago with Anderson Cooper. Listen to how insane this woman is. You don't feel like a victim. I was not thrown on the ground and ravished. She's talking about how when Trump raped her. The word rape carries so many sexual connotations. This was not. This was not sexual. It just. It. It hurt. It just. What. It just. You know. I think most people think rape as a. I mean, it is a violent assault. It is not. I think most people think of rape as being sexy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Sexual rape. Think of the fantasies. Mm -hmm. We're going to take a quick break. If you can stick around, we'll talk more on the other side. You're fascinating to talk to. (laughs) Very creepy, very weird. But rape is sexy, apparently, to the woman that got raped by Trump. But she was in court, and she was questioned on the stand. And she was asked about what happened immediately after the rape. And she explained that she called her friend to explain what happened. She said she was laughing, which made her friend laugh, until until her friend made her realize this was rape. And then E. Jean Carroll stopped laughing. This is the person that accused Trump of rape? 
Yeah, and she looks like a crazy person. She really does. I feel I feel bad. But this remember the Kavanaugh rapist and she found out like the last month that she lied under oath or last year that she lied under oath or she lied and oh, yeah. she made it all up. Uh, it's just uh, they throw these things all this shit and they see what sticks. They they see what sticks. But we have another audio clip here and this is from your girl, Mark, Randy Rosengardner. Gardenhoser. What's her name? I thought it was Randy Weingartner. Weingartner, that's right. <laughs> this is her on CNN getting absolutely destroyed by Scott Jennings um, about school closures. Yeah, um, we don't know each other, but speaking on behalf of millions of American parents, I have four at home. I had to teach them at home. My wife had to teach them at home. I am stunned at what you have said this week about your claiming to have wanted to reopen schools. I think most you'll find that most parents believe you were the tip of the spear of school closures. There are numerous statements you made over the summer of 20, scaring people to death about the possibility of opening schools. And I hear no remorse whatsoever about the generational damage that's been done to these kids. I have two kids with learning differences. Do you know how hard it is for them to learn at home and not in a classroom that was designed for them? And for you to sit in front of Congress and the American people and say, oh, I, I wanted to open up the whole time. I, I'm shocked. I'm stunned. I'm stunned. And there are millions of parents who feel the exact same way. Okay. Go ahead, Ryan. <sighs> like I said a while ago, in a few months, everyone will say they were always against lockdowns, school closures, masking, and vaccination. Mark, where'd all the variants go? Seems like they stopped once the news media quit talking about COVID and a lot of Americans chose not to get boosted a third, fourth, fifth, or sixth time. I mean, you are you are correct on that. What happened to the variants? They're gone. We did it, everyone. I mean, They're gone. gone. You know? She needs to go to jail. That, that, that woman with, with the, the, the dude haircut needs to go to jail. Randy. Yeah. I mean, UPMC dropped their, finally dropped their mask mandate as of yesterday. CDC so, Director Walensky, they finally admitted under oath to Congress that the vaccinated people can spread COVID to each other. How does that happen? It's over for COVID. It, it, it's done. Total waste of two years and complete destruction of so many people's lives, businesses, economies. For what? For what? Students, college students, high school students, for what? Mm-hmm. Speaking of wasted, um, I'm not going to play the video because I can't stand to hear his voice either, and I think it's in a different language, but um, Zelensky now reporting that the offensive has been postponed. So the counteroffensive that was supposedly planned um, is being postponed because of the information that was leaked to the mass media, Zelensky said. This is from that National Guardsman or whatever. But unpopular opinion. We leaked out the top secret stuff about the quote-unquote offensive so we'd have an excuse to stop it and save face. The offensive was never going to work. Now they have an excuse why. So it was never a teenage National Guardsman on Discord. Give me a break. I see through this. Mark, do you comment or agree, disagree? I, I mean, okay. I, I like the idea in the thought that we are the ones that leaked that out. 
because I'm thinking to myself, who would? What do you mean? Like, you don't, you don't, you don't tell the other team what's coming. I'm sure they have intelligence or whatever. They know, or they, you know, knew about maybe some sort of offensive in the spring. But I'm like, why would they be telegraphing this? Whatever. Uh, as far as the guardsmen go, I mean, what, what do they just arrest some? Was that an, was that an actor? I, I don't know. I mean, how do you just arrest somebody like that if he didn't do it? I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm just asking questions. Frame them, Patsy. I don't know. That's a good, that's a good, it's a good point, but we, we don't know. We don't have all the information. We probably never will. And if we try to get it, we'll be arrested too. So, I mean, that, that seems a little far fetched to me personally. Um, but you know, I, I don't know. I, you know, they, I think, I think the thing here is that going back to what we said before in this podcast, you know, they, they attack and they arrest this guy that allegedly leaked it, but yet they don't talk about what actually was leaked. So, Is it more far-fetched than two vaccinated people spreading COVID to each other? <laughs> we were told that's not impossible. That's impossible, Joe. We were told that can't happen. All right. Um, back... Back to where it all started from, maybe. The Sudan Biolabs, where there definitely isn't Biolabs. So this is from the Spectator. Actually, this is from everywhere now. This is, this is no news. Breaking. The World Health Organization says there's an extremely serious situation and a huge biological risk after a lab containing virus samples falls into control of Sudan fighters. So the first question is, why there? Why do we have a lab there? That's what, that's the first thing I thought of. Why do we have a bio lab in Sudan? I think it all ties back to Bill Clinton, Joe. Did we talk about that on this on this show two weeks ago? Uh, this I, was from Clandestine on Twitter. I think you actually did mention that. It might have been a few episodes ago, but yes, yes, we did. Sometimes I don't remember what we talk about. What I tell you, what I text you, like, like what we talk about personally. But go ahead. But, um, okay, so. Here's where I dig, and this is where, where it took me, um, is the fact, if, if you remember this actually, th- th- this happened, um, the Sudan's leadership agreed to host a Russian naval base on the Red Sea. So is the fact that the Russians and the Sudanese army agreed to put a Russian naval base in the country, is that the reason we are seeing these things happen in the Sudan all of a sudden? Where I think we have like 15,000 Americans or 17,000 Americans or something stuck there. Um, and then it gets better. So I said, well, well, what else went on in the coming months with Sudan? And guess who was just there on March, March 9th to quote unquote, discuss democracy, Victoria Newland. I, I mean, everywhere she goes, it seems fighting breaks out after. And she's, she's meeting with the, the leaders everywhere of the African Union goes. and, and, Sudan, Somalia, Ethiopia, and then, long behold, a month later, month and a half later, we have a civil war and we have a biolab situation. Coincidence? Probably not. No. No. Um, that is <laughs> insane. I, I, I haven't. I've tried to been following. I'm trying to follow what's going on in Sudan, uh, from like you know, a 30,000 foot level. Cause it's very hard to understand. It's a very complex situation over there, but 
the humanitarian, I mean, this is a war-torn country. Don't forget, South Sudan formed out of Sudan not that long ago. And there are millions of refugees over there, millions of people who have been killed in civil war. This is one of the most dangerous places on planet Earth. It's been for quite some time, but it has evolved into an, a, a whole different level in the last couple of weeks. So um, that's pretty much all we have today, Joe. I know you have this day in history. Before you do that, uh, we are going to come back Friday with a bonus episode. We have more on the Jeffrey Epstein uh, leak that came out about who he was meeting with after he was a known sexual predator uh, and arrested. Uh, we're going to come back Friday with uh, our Disclose segment, more from Clandestine on Twitter, and uh, a whole bunch more. So we're not done for the week, but Joe, take us home with On This Day in History. Okay, so On This Day in History, if you remember watching baseball late at night and hearing just crowds erupt out of nowhere, in 2011, Osama bin Laden was killed by SEAL Team 6. So remembering that day, Osama bin Laden, who supposedly knocked down three towers, three steel towers with two planes, was killed on this day in 2011. And another question I have, whatever happened to SEAL Team 6 after? We had how many killed in, that, in a plane crash in Afghanistan? It was the deadliest day in Afghanistan's history for the U.S. military, I believe, or for the SEALs. They were killed in a helicopter crash. Yes. So at some point, we're going to maybe do a special on that or delve more into that. It's very interesting, and there's a lot of conspiracy. But, uh, Mark, do you have anything else to add in before we, before we wrap this up? I do not. We covered a lot today. Thank all of our listeners. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, this has been a great episode. Action-packed. Uh, keep sharing this out with one of your normie friends, as Jack Wasobic says. And we'll be back on Friday. And in closing today, I want to remind someone in about 28 days, we have something, something very, very epic coming. And we have a countdown for it. And this is the countdown. Ladies and gentlemen, 28 days, it'll be Pride Month. May God help us. This has been Thinking Logically. Thank you for tuning in.